Hello and welcome back to the Dante in a Year podcast, where we are moving out of the Inferno and passing into the Purgatorio. So, a couple of things to note before we dive into the text. One is that uh, if there's part of the Divine Comedy that most people are familiar with in one way or the other, it's probably the Inferno. It's the text that is most often assigned in high school or college classes. It's the most culturally familiar. There's something that is the most, perhaps outright, exciting about getting to travel through hell and see who's there and how exactly they're being punished. But the text becomes, and this is sort of obvious, much more beautiful, much more lovely. The language itself becomes much sweeter, much more mellifluous as we pass into Purgatorio and then, of course, into Paradiso. But there's also a very interesting way in which the more spiritual Dante gets, the more physical his poetry becomes. One thing going along with that also is that as we ascend through Purgatory and Dante situates Purgatory on a mountain in the southern hemisphere, the arrangement of the mountain is kind of a mirror image of what we saw in hell. So the heavier sins, the worse sins, the one that places the ones that place us farthest away from divine love are expurgated on the lower slopes of the mountain, and the ones that are closest to love will be purged up close to the top. So we'll keep that in mind. Uh, we'll point that out again as we move up the mountain of purgatory towards that final destination of paradise. But let's begin with Dante's Purgatorio Canto 1. To course through kinder water now, the little ship of my genius lifts its sails and leaves behind itself that sea so cruel. And I will sing of that second kingdom where the human spirit is purged and becomes worthy of ascending to heaven. But here let the dead poetry rise again, O holy muses, in that I am yours. And here let Calliope rather rise, following my song with that sound by which the miserable magpies so sensed their guilt that they despaired of pardon. Sweet color of oriental sapphire, which so gathered in the serene aspect of the middle air, pure to the first circle, brought back delight to my eyes as soon as I'd issued from the mortal air that had so saddened my sight and breast. The beautiful planet that comforts love made all the east smile, veiling the fishes in her escort. I turned myself to the right hand and put my mind to the other pole, and I saw four stars not seen a single time but by the first people. The sky seemed to rejoice in little flames, O oh, widowed northern lands, deprived of that marvel. When I'd left off regarding them, turning a bit to the other pole, there where the wane had disappeared. I saw an old man next to me, alone, worthy an aspect of such reverence that no son owes more to his father. 
His beard was long, and mixed with white similar to his hair, which fell in double bands to his chest. The rays of the four sacred lights weighted his face with such brightness that he seemed himself the advancing sun. Who are you who come counter to the blind stream, having fled the eternal prison, he said, moving those honored plumes? Who has guided you? Or with what lantern did you issue from the profound night that ever blackens the valley of hell? Are the laws of the abyss thus broken? Or has new counsel moved heaven that damned you come to my shores? Then my leader gave me a look, and with words and hands and signs, made my legs and brow revere him. Then he replied to him, I did not come by myself. A woman descended from heaven, and for her prayer I offered him my company. But given your wish that I better explain the condition of our being here, I cannot deny you. This one hasn't seen his final evening, but for his folly pressed so near it that little time was left to him to turn. So, as I said, I was sent to him that he might live, and there was no other way that this could be than in my being so sent. I have shown him all the guilty, and now I intend to show those spirits that purge themselves in your nursery. How I have drawn him on would be too long a tale, Virtue descends from above to aid me in conducting him to see and hear you. Now let it please you to welcome his coming. He comes seeking liberty, which is so dear, as he knows who refuses his life for it. You know it, for the death in Utica was no more harsh to you, there where you left the vestige that will gleam on that great day. Nor are the eternal edicts broken for us, for this one lives, and Minos doesn't bind me. But I am of the circle where the chaste eyes of your Marcia are, who prays still, O holy breast, that you hold her yours. For her love, then, bend to us. Let us pass through your seven kingdoms. I will bear back thanks to her, if you deign to be remembered there below. Marcia was so pleasing to my eyes while I was there, he then said, that whatever favor she wished of me I gave. Now, as she dwells there over the evil stream, she can no more move me for that law that was made at my piercing. But if a woman from heaven moves and rules you, as you say, there is no use in flattery. It well suffices that you request it for her. Go then, and be sure that you gird him again with a straight rush, and that you lave his face, that every stain should fade." For he ought not come, his eyes unveiled of any mist, before the first of those ministers of paradise. This little island, around the very base, down there where the waves beat upon it, bears up rushes from the soft silt. No other plant can unfurl there or endure that it might have life because of the crush of the waves. Afterwards, do not return from there. The sun, which surges now, will show you an easier ascent to the summit. So he disappeared, and I lifted myself without speaking, and I drew myself all to my guide, and I turned my eyes to him. He commenced, Son, follow my steps. Let us turn back, for this plain declines from here to its deepest end. 
The dawn was conquering the morning hour that fled before it, so that from far away I knew the trembling of the sea. We passed along the lonely plain as a man who returns to the lost way. Arriving at that he seems to seek in vain. When we were there where the dew contends with the sea for its being there where it is thinned a bit by breezes, my master softly stretched both his hands to disappear in the grass, at which I, to whom his art occurred, lifted up my tearful cheeks. Then he discovered all that color the inferno had hidden in me. We came then upon the desert shore. There on those waters no man's been seen to sail who was expert enough to return. There he cinctured me as pleased another. Oh, how marvelous! For that humble plant he selected burst forth again, immediately there where he'd picked it. Thanks for joining me for another episode of the Dante in a Year podcast. See you next time for Dante's Purgatorio, Canto 2.